Hello, my name is Benjamin, and you're listening to the 50th episode of Affable Chat. I'm here with my co-host, Joey. Hey, how's it going? And we're really excited that we made it this far. I can't believe it's been 50 episodes. Doesn't seem like that many. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of crazy. Uh, and we're here to have a whole episode to celebrate that. And part of our celebration of our 50th episode is we're going to have a giveaway. Our, uh, our own... Oh, God. Raffle. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to call it Raffable Chat. <laughs> We're going to have a raffle. Joey, why don't you tell the listeners what they can win? You can win three DVDs of movies from our catalog of episodes, popcorn, movie theater style candy, and a custom signed card. So yes, that is all one big prize for the winner of our Raffable Chat. Uh, here's how you enter. Uh, you're going to go to Affable Chat on iTunes and write us a review. Say something nice and rate us five stars and make sure you include your Twitter handle or your email ad- address in your review. We need that so we can contact you if you're the winner. If you've already submitted a review for us, first off, thank you very much. And uh, But you can still enter as well. Just go to the same place you went to submit your review the first time, and it will pull up your review and let you edit it. All you'll have to do is put your Twitter or email address in there at the end and uh, so we can have a way to contact you. And you have entered our raffle. Uh, we will announce the winner on our 52nd episode. So you'll have the time span between now and the f- when we record the 52nd uh, to get your submission in. Uh, so all submissions need to be in by March 16th. That is a Saturday, right, Joey? That's right. So get those submissions in and you can win the raffable chat big prize. That's right. Wow. It's super easy. It's so all you easy. All you gotta do is go into iTunes and review us and yep. then... Let us know how to contact you, and that's all you got to do. That's all. It's so easy. It's so easy, and uh, it's such a fantastic prize. And you'll be and you'll be supporting the podcast, so everybody wins. So to get our fiftieth episode started off, we're going to take a look back at the past year. Ooh, how boy. sitting down and recording a podcast together every single week, more or less, has changed us. And uh, I want to. I think the first thing that I've noticed in my personal life while I'm recording and when I'm not recording is that I'm just better at speaking now. I think I, I'm, it's easier to find the words that I'm looking for and there's less ums and pauses in my sentences. Still too many ums, probably, definitely, I think so, but <laughs> it's gotten better. And that's something that I really like. It, it's, um, I liken podcasting kind of like going to the gym mm. and you're just, you're flexing that, that part of your brain every that's week where you have to. That's the first time you made a comparison like that. <laughs> that's because I'm a gym rat, Joey. Look at these biceps. <laughs> yeah, going to the <laughs> gym. Gym is life, right? Gym is life. Podcasting is life. I'm sounding less and less cool with every word that comes <laughs> out of my mouth, but it is something this, pra- it's just practice. Like anything else, you do it enough, you're going to get better at it. And that's been something I've really liked. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I mean, I've been, I've always struggled with like getting my words out and saying what I'm supposed to say or saying what makes sense. But definitely after doing this and kind of being put on the spot, um, really, really helps. Makes me more confident in my everyday life. Makes me feel like I'm, you know, I can speak and people are gonna understand what I'm saying, or at least I can clarify. You know, in the past, it's always like, uh, you know, I don't know. But 
<laughs> but now I feel like I, I can articulate what I'm thinking so much better. And I think the podcast has made that a, a reality for real. And it's not just this, but, you know, doing the, um, you know, just being an adult and growing up and everything really helps with all of that. Well, I think part of it, too, is writing. And uh, again, not a writer, but having uh, like just looked at, you know, 10 uh, methods or habits of successful people and just like, this is how you become successful on the internet sure. and stuff like that. There's a common theme that getting your thoughts out of your brain and putting them on paper is good for you. It's something that helps you understand your own thoughts. And having to sit down and do that every week has been, I think, been really good, too. Another thing is, uh, and this is also going to sound pretentious, but I think I'm better at watching movies now than I used to be. <laughs> and I don't mean that to say that I'm better at watching movies than other people. I think there's plenty of people that it's almost effortless for them to get what takes me twice as long with pausing the movie and taking notes and reading my notes back and you know writing things out. I'm sure there's people who get it just at first glance, but I'm much better at watching films now than I was before because before unless the movie really threw it out and made it obvious that it's a great film I I, I, I largely went unnoticed I would forget movies that I'd seen because I didn't appreciate them when I saw them because I didn't know what to look for now I feel like I know a little bit more what to look for yeah and something that I mean doing this with you has been a interesting experience because I've always kind of fell back on the rating scales and being like, oh, this movie is better or worse than this one, you know, trying to put things into some sort of order. But you were really resistant to the idea, and I really appreciate that, because being able to see the, like, the good parts and the bad parts of any movie, I think, is really, really nice, especially since it's just, they never fall into one category or the other. It's always like there's some parts that are cool, there's some parts that are done really, really well, and those are worth appreciating, but there's also some parts that maybe need some work, or maybe should have been thought out more. And being able to say, oh, I like this part and not like and didn't like this part. It's just been a kind of an eye-opening experience as, as far as just appreciating art as goes. Right, because it's all subjective. And as long yeah. as you have evidence to back up your opinion, then it's valid. So it's when I see people who are like, this movie or one of the ones that I, when people say <laughs> Game of Thrones sucks, I I love seeing people say that because there's never any evidence. It's always just that they don't like it. Right. It's like it's, you know, or or it's it's boring, which is the laziest critique you can have for <laughs> That's anything. It's just a label. It's just yeah, it's just a you're lazy. But um <laughs> Birdman <laughs> reference. But it's uh I think that if you have an open mind, at the very least, you can watch something and articulate why it's bad mm -hmm. instead of just saying, oh, I watched it, didn't have a good time. So in essence, it's bad. That's a terrible take. It's if you can't, you know, understand why you didn't like it or how it could be improved, then your opinion doesn't mean as much. So uh, I, I think that that part, at least from my own perspective, has helped me to get more out of sitting down and watching a two-hour Right, movie. and it makes you more open-minded, too, because if you're willing to actually have a discussion about something instead of just dismissing it as bad or, you know, lazy, then you're willing to open your head to something that maybe you didn't think of, maybe a new perspective. And, you know, only by having a discussion is that really even possible. Right. 
which is why I like having these discussions with you because you don't always agree. And um, I think that's the most productive conversation. Yeah, when definitely. You, you, your own opinions are challenged and you have the opportunity to challenge the opinions of others. Uh, so another thing that I like, this is just a, a little bit out, set, taking a step back from films, is just I feel good that I'm creating something. When I, I mean, I, I have a job, so I'm, I'm doing stuff, productive stuff all day, but that's stuff that somebody else decided need to get done and I have the expertise to get it done. This is truly something that I, I get to create because I want to. And I think that that's really uh, cathartic and it's something that I look forward to all the time. And then when I look back at how far we've come, it's really satisfying and, I, and I'm really happy that we have this. Yeah, me too. I mean, it always bugs me when like all I'm doing is consuming, you know? Oh, I just yes. went and like, you know, bought a, bought some food from Jersey Mike's or, you know, I just, you know, watched 10 hours of Netflix. Oh, I just, you know, did all this stuff on YouTube. Oh, I just played video games all day. Like, I feel like I'm constantly consuming and never producing. And to have this opportunity to do that, it's just been really, really nice. You know, and it's so nice doing it with another person too, because you keep me on track and you keep me accountable. Because if I show up and haven't seen the movie or anything, you're gonna be pissed and rightfully so, because I would be yes. pissed if... That happened to you. I mean, should we tell this story? We had a really serious conversation early in the podcast. Do you remember what movie it yes, was? Yes, it was Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko, yeah. Movies. And yeah, and you called me out because I wasn't prepared. Yeah, you were watching the movie the day the day of, right before we were recording. You were like, oh, we're going to record it this time. And then you're like, no, actually, we need to push it back because I haven't watched the movie yet. And I was like, why? <laughs> you have a whole entire week to do this. And you, like... We're taking this seriously. These movies, they require a lot of thought, a lot of preparation. So, you know, it's nice to have it fresh in your mind, but it's also nice to let it set in and like settle and let you think about it. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Be, taking this seriously has been a really a step in a really good direction, I think. Well, yeah, if, if we're not going to take this seriously and try our best, then what are we even doing? Right. We, we might as well just skip it if we're not going to put our full effort into it. And, and that's been another thing that I've um, gathered from this whole experience, especially doing this for over a year now. I now have absolute certainty that the hard work and effort that we put in is worth putting in that effort it, it, the yeah. what we get out of making this podcast is uh it's worth trying hard not just going home and playing video games you know even if you really want to set that aside get the the work done because it, it's not always fun in games no even though it sounds like it's fun in games to sit down and watch a movie but it's not always fun in games because you got to focus you got to think critically it's you know especially after a day of working your real job that's not always the thing you want to do right but at this point i know for a fact that it's going to be worth my time and on top of that I feel I just feel lucky that I have a record of so many conversations that I have with my good pal Joey <laughs> that I can listen to whenever I want into perpetuity. Even when I'm, you know, in my old age, I can sit down and, and see what were me and Joey talking about when we were in our early 20s, you yeah. know, and who has that? I just feel so lucky that that is something that exists and is very real. Yeah, I love looking at like old letters or old journals that I've written. You know, it's uh, some people hate their own writing and stuff, but I mean, I've gotten used to the sound of my voice. I like I gotten used to the way I look and everything. So all of that doesn't bother me. I'm, I'm over the cringe, I guess. And now I can just kind of focus on what was I thinking? What was I what was important to me? Um, because I mean, I recently came across an old box of old papers and like I found some notes in there from like a high school. And it's just like, what were my values back then? What was I? What was I thinking? Was I even like? Can I even consider myself the same person? It's just kind of fascinating. And oh yeah, I mean this is it, this is great because we can. It's exactly what you just said. We can look back on this um, forever 
and be like, oh, what well, you know, what are we doing now? Where where where's Benjamin now? What's he up to? Right, and it's it's uh, especially because it is audio. It's so much easier to get our who we are across right. as opposed to because I've done the same thing, gone back in my notebooks, and there's so many different ways that I've written the word help in my <laughs> notebooks on this side just because I'm like bored or whatever in class. But it's it's oh, I really thought that was like a metaphor. Like <laughs> it's a, every every journal is a cry for help. <laughs> it's um it's it's um something i really like and it's also cool that we've had other people on too so we can have those conversations just sealed you know in a in a box that we can come back and open up and listen to whenever we want so it's something that i really like so so much has happened in the last year it's uh it's really been amazing it's it's something that i wasn't i I came into this with the thought process of we're gonna keep going and we're not gonna quit yeah you know we're gonna keep it moving uh but now we're actually here it's so much nicer to be on episode 50 and not episode three yeah i know it's because it just (laughs) propels itself you know now it becomes part of the routine it becomes so much like every week it becomes easier to like put aside time to watch a movie to aside time to figure out how to do it you know my notes now have some sort of format to them so i can you know go back through them super easily and find out all the information i need um and you know going through the movie you, you're you know what you're looking for you know you're like oh that's an important quote oh that's an important moment need to like think about that need to consider that so i don't know it's just it has changed the way i watch movies but it's also just changed the way i kind of look at everything which is i think pretty cool yep. um that's uh <laughs> we'll keep it um rolling here on to our next section where we're going to Give you guys a little bit of trivia about the podcast. Here's some fun facts. Yeah, fun facts. So the first one is we have had guests um, a few times on the podcast here. And uh, so we've had five unique guests <laughs> and eight total guest episodes. Our guests include Evan White, a close friend of mine. He's been on the pod twice. We've had Nick Heredia also has made two appearances on the pod. Uh, Justin Kuzmano joined us for back-to-back episodes right. with Heat and Incredibles 2. We are also joined by Scott Miller for our solo episode, Solo A Star Wars Story, and Corey Novotny joined us for Dodgeball. Uh, Dodgeball, yes. yeah. The true underdog story. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we, 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 we've enjoyed having some guests on the pod, and we look forward to having more in the future. Yeah, it's always been really fun. It's good to have like new voices and new experiences on there. It is tough to get enough mic time like the more people you add the the harder it is to get a word in edgewise yeah that's why i want to do um you said you would keep talking about doing a um uh infinity war podcast and i want to invite all of our guests on at the same time (laughs) we could definitely make that happen (laughs) and just have us all talk over each other (laughs) (laughs) that's a great idea we're gonna have to infinity war is not that far away it is not Okay, that's a good idea. We'll put that one on, <laughs> put a on pin the in back that burner one. for now um, because we have to, you definitely need to do that. So, um, <laughs> because yeah, well, well, it's not, the next one's not Infinity War, it's Avengers 4 Endgame, Endgame, right? That's what it's called. Yeah, so we'll do that right before Endgame. Haven't seen so, the show yet. Uh, me neither. Oh, dude, no spoilers. I'm, uh, I'm going to go into it totally. Well, I guess Captain Marvel will probably have some insight for yeah, um, yeah, I assume. Endgame. But, anyways. Um, all right, what's our next piece of trivia, Joey? Um, we have, at, at the time of recording, we have 7,137 unique listens on SoundCloud. That seems like a lot. <laughs> I it don't know 7,000 people. 
That's right. <laughs> and we've had them. Oh man, we should have done how many countries we've we've had them. Oh from. yeah, because there's been a few. We uh, at least one got, from Scotland, right? That's right. And oh, okay. Actually, I've got you, dude. We've got we've been listened to mostly in the United States, which is probably pretty obvious. But also, always Canada. good to have the U- U.S. represented, though. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I'm glad you said that because someone needs to be saying that. Um, <laughs> Canada, Netherlands, the United Kingdom, Mexico, Japan, Sweden, Brazil, France, Germany, Spain, Egypt, Russia, <laughs> Ru- Russia, dude, um, Russia. Turkey, Australia, India, Ukraine, New Zealand, Thailand, and Argentina. That's wow. just our top 20. Um, some of those ones towards the end, like <laughs> Argentina, we've had nine unique listens. That's more but- than I expected. <laughs> what uh, yeah and the thing is i don't know how how much we can trust this because people who are using vpns could easily you know be Be in in argentina Argentina. but why would they be in argentina why not okay that's a good point (laughs) (laughs) anyways um so that is how many listens we've had uh so the podcast has been around for over a year that's right and as of today the podcast is exactly 421 days old just missed it just missed it by one day uh, <laughs> one day in either direction yes right because everyone knows that 422 is 422 <laughs> um yeah we should have recorded this tomorrow actually this will come out tomorrow so it'll be 422 when you're listening yeah, if you listen to it days uh since we started recording this podcast that's right um, and it's honestly gone in a flash. I don't know if it's just because I'm doing so many routine things at the same time, like going to work and recording this podcast all the time, or if it's just what happens when you get older, but it seems like time is going by faster than it was when I was in college. Do you ever hear that, like that theory that like, um, it's something like if you're like you experience time in proportion to how much time you've spent. So like, I haven't heard that theory, but I already agree with it. So like. And when you're two, one year is like a third of your life, right? Right. But when you're 30, one year is a 30th of your life. That I like this theory. I used to have, I came up with my own theory when I was a kid that you experience li- like life at the speed of which you're conscious. Hmm. So if you don't sleep a lot, you're like technically older than somebody else. So That's I used to think that. I used to think that I was older than everyone in my grade because I, I used to have to ride the bus and I, it would pick me up really early in the morning. So I'd get up at like 5.30 a.m. every day and I'd be like, you, you, you young asses. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you young boys have been asleep while I've been living life. I've been standing out at the bus stop and sitting on the bus all morning. That's, so what, that's what living is. That's yeah, I've been I've been conscious longer than you have, which makes me old. That's actually really interesting. I wonder like who's the. Who's like, it does the, is the oldest person alive? Has he been awake the longest? Right. Which, cause I mean, and what yeah. does awake mean? You know, if you're sure. like, you know, if you're daydreaming, if you're like, you know, in some sort of content, you know, some weird state, you know, if you're uh, in a, a catatonic state or some sort. Does that it's, count? It's, uh, uh, you, you're getting into the definitions of consciousness, man. I don't know if I we have time right. for that on the 50th okay. episode. <laughs> well, speaking of lengths of time, we have 72 hours, 72 hours and six minutes and 51 seconds of recorded material for Affable Chat. Say, say that one more time. 72 hours, six minutes, 51 seconds. 
That is plenty of original content for our listeners, and it's only going to keep growing. That's true. We're we're not slowing down. <laughs> we're um. In case you haven't noticed, I, I would actually be interested to know if people. Or if if it's noticeable, but Joey and I are not in the same location when we record this podcast. Yeah, I think we've referenced that a couple. I of haven't times. seen you in person in what, like two years? At least, yeah. I haven't seen you since college, dude. Yeah. Graduated. Last time you saw me, dude, my biceps were much smaller. You'd be <laughs> oh good. <laughs> <laughs> That's only how I identify people. <laughs> right? Yeah, the size of their biceps. Um. Yeah, we're actually we we calculated it. We are. 1207 miles apart at at the time of recording right that's driving distance yeah yes and uh if we were to drive if i were to drive to joey if i were to drive all the way to his where he's recording right now it would take 18 hours and 19 minutes by car that extra 19 minutes man that's what gets you yeah at At 18 hours we'll turn around (laughs) right (laughs) i think i'll fly i think that would be my uh your arms are so tired Oh, no. very good. All right. That's with a good one like that. I think we're going to have to wrap up the trivia portion <laughs> and um, move on to talking about our Batman month. Yes. So that when when did we do the Batman month, Joey? Um, that was back in August, right? August 2018. Four weeks in August. Yes. We, uh, but yeah, it was all of our episodes in August, except we did a Cinema Sins episode to wrap it up at the end. Right. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, that was really interesting. I mean, we were trying to, we were experimenting with, you know, new formats and new ideas and everything. At this, at this point is when we decided that we were going to change the way we do the podcast because we learned that we can just talk for two and a half hours about Lego Batman if <laughs> we're given the opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, we had to change it. We're uh, unfortunately we're not the Joe Rogan podcast, and I think we need to make ourselves a little more palatable. Right, if we're going to expect people listen, to listen to the one, whole thing. Like a, yeah, one serving size, I think, is what we're aiming for. Right, um, right. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I really like this idea of doing like a themed month and stuff. Um, you know, I've seen other channels, other you know, YouTube channels or podcasts do something similar, but I felt like Batman was a good one just because there's a lot of Batman movies um, out there, and there's all these different styles and. Um, I, I think like the ones we chose were really nice because they all kind of complemented each other. They're all very different, uh, but they also had key Batman elements in each one. You know, it's it's interesting the continuity that they contained despite how different they each yeah, were. Yeah, I mean, each one was directed by someone different. Um, each of them was a different Batman too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, they were. Every they single were one was a different Batman. Batman. Which is cool. I mean, Batman's such a important part of American culture. Yeah. And now, I, I used to, whenever I would see somebody wearing like a Batman t-shirt or like a Batman hat or something, I would be like, oh, like, here comes the cringy edgelord who like still <laughs> likes comic books or whatever. But now, I've been, I'm totally changed. I'm like, Batman, respect. You know, you, you went out and got a Batman t-shirt. You must really respect the bat. Yeah, right. And, uh, and, and you know who else respects the bat? Me. Because I, even though I really, Batman and Rob was much worse than i remember it <laughs> way worse like when i was a kid i thought that was a good movie I, I, you know being a stupid kid but 
it's uh i've just batman is just so important for american culture like he's him and superman i know are kind of like the like the two that dc kind of stand on versus marvel having all these successful superheroes but they're successful in like a in a transcendent way yeah where even if you're not a superhero fan you still might really like Batman. i mean they're like the i mean they're like the greek gods of today in a way you know yeah story these are the stories that people are going to tell about us you know in the future and be like and they had these great heroes, like superheroes, called Superman and Batman. And this is what they're, this is what they represented, and this is what they did. You know, it, it's interesting how we have these like relationships with these superheroes, and how like they keep changing as time goes on, and has you know as different fears or different ideas come to light, these uh, these icons kind of adapt to that to re- reflect the public interest. Um, and we kind of saw that because we had a different Batman from every decade too. Right, right. And just the fact that they're all commercially viable, it's it's just he is his own thing, Batman, that where he can just continue to become the next iteration of the bat and still be equally culturally impactful uh just throughout history is really cool. Yeah. Especially when you actually and we didn't even do the Dark Knight. No. Because everyone's done the Dark Knight. But when you can have these movies that are critically acclaimed Batman, it's not just that it's culturally important and there's Batman keeps happening, but it's like, oh Batman is one of the best movies <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah, but that's I mean that's almost in spite of it, you know? It's like it's it must be such an uphill battle to to convince people that this is worthwhile when it's been so um you know omnipresent in culture for such a long time so i don't know it's it's really impressive it's impressive that there's all these different ways to look at it and there's all these different um people that can take their own takes on it and for that reason it will probably never die it's one of the things that we've kind of shied away from because there are so there's so much variety to watch and to appreciate in cinema that we, we kind of like to jump all over the place. But it was kind of nice to stay in one area for a long time and really dive deep into it. I mean, we, we say that it's like we talk for three hours on those episodes, so it's, it's too much. But it's because we had things to talk about. Yeah, uh, that you know the the deeper we got the more there was there so it was it it was kind of its own reward to stay in the batman universe definitely i mean we could have kept going too i mean we thought about doing an encore episode do the dark knight anyway but i mean we might one day <laughs> or do, do the it. dark knight rises because i want to talk about bane dude oh yeah so, so uh but while we're talking about future plans i yeah speaking uh, of icons that has transcended history. (laughs) So Joey was actually the one who pitched Batman Month. And um, I thought it was a great idea. Uh, So we we did Batman Month. And I decided that I would try to uh, come up with an equally iconic subject to do a month on. So we, we, we don't have a date planned for this yet, but we're considering doing a Chris Tucker month. (laughs) Because I love Chris Tucker. (laughs) Who doesn't though, right? Yeah. Chris Tucker is fantastic. So, <laughs> so what we're we're planning to do because we did four movies for the Batman month. Yeah. So we're thinking we'll do a month on Chris Tucker, and it'll be Rush Hour Friday, a true classic Friday. I've never seen Friday, and yeah, and I I love Friday. Um, so I'm gonna I really want to share that movie with you. So yeah, Rush Hour Friday, Fifth Element, and then we'll have a People's Choice Chris Tucker movie because honestly, after those three, his like. <laughs> iconicness kind of drops off if, unless Even you do a rush hour sequel. He's kind of barely in it. I mean, he does have a substantial role, but it's kind of lesser, right? So, well, 
yes, but his so we'll be choosing between two other films where Chris Tucker also has a pretty minor role, <laughs> uh, but they're movies that I think are worth discussing. Definitely. So that will be between Silver Linings Playbook or Jackie Brown. And again, those those will be people's choice. So we'll be putting that on our Twitter so you, you can get uh, your vote in, decide yeah. which Chris Tucker minor role you'd rather see. Silver Linings Playbook, I think, didn't it win an Oscar or something? It won some awards. It was very clearly yeah. climbed. And then Jackie Brown is one of the lesser known Quentin Tarantino movies. Which, lesser known and also one that I... It, I guess if I had to make a list of the, the classic Tarantino films from like ones that I like the most to ones that I like the least, yeah. it's definitely the, le- the one I like the least. Isn't that the one with so, Robert De Niro? It is. It, on paper, it should be a great movie, but I just remember seeing it and being less than impressed, especially when it's so easy to walk away from a Tarantino film so easily impressed. Right, you know, right. But we've never awesome, done a Tarantino so. film, not in the podcast. No, well, that's not true. We did Reservoir Dogs. That was the very first, first one. Our first episode, yeah. <laughs> while How we're could I forget? Back, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which also, that movie ch- changed cinema for me as well. That yeah. was the, um, I mean, I had seen Pulp Fiction, but when I saw Reservoir Dogs, I really fell in love with that movie. And I watched it, I watched it like four times in a row. And I was just like, it, it, it made <laughs> me, it, it grew my appreciation for film for sure. But um, okay, so that's, that's something we're planning on doing in the future. So look forward to that Chris Tucker month. So we don't always get it right on the first try here. Not at all. <laughs> So <laughs> there have been a well, few times. Largely, the, the podcast is unedited, right? Yes. But um, there have been times when we've recorded and it has gone to just just fallen right off the cliff. And it's because like our recording didn't work. There's something corrupted in the file. Something was lost in between the time we hit produce and the time <laughs> we recorded. And so we've um, we've actually lost a couple. Well, we haven't lost any episodes, save one. But there have been a few uh, re-recorded ones. Right. So we had to re-record Small Soldiers, which that was a hotel episode. I was in Irvine, <laughs> California for There's work. There's actually one section re- recorded three times. Yes. And uh, <laughs> we also had to re-record Unforgiven, which was the Clint Eastwood film. Yeah. And we also had to re-record our Phantom of the Opera yeah. episode. That was so, rough. <laughs> We're out here. We 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 put that grind in. You know, if we don't get it on the first try, we do it all over again. Um, so, which it, you know, we like to get our most authentic reactions to these films. Yeah. So uh, we try to prevent this, obviously, not only because it saves us time, but also because we want to keep and that. There's nothing worse than like losing an episode because it's like the whole day is wasted. Yeah. I'm just like I have to do it again. You know, I felt so good about it. Yeah, <laughs> but we've we've gone the extra mile and got and recovered those episodes for all of them, all but one. There has been one that we lost the recording for, and we never re-recorded it. So we're gonna and, have a moment of silence for our lost Wreck It Ralph episode. Yes, Wreck It Ralph episode. So <laughs> we're gonna have a moment of silence right now. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like we should get a, <laughs> a, light a little applause, light applause in there. Light applause. Yeah, golf clap for Wreck It Ralph. Great movie, by the way. Yes, it I was. really enjoyed it. Um, Wreck It Ralph. Well, have I you seen, seen the second the, one? I haven't. It was so good. It was. Yes. Oh, I'm happy to hear I was, that. I was blown away. I think it might even be better than the first one. Do you think that it was appropriate to call it Ralph Breaks the Internet and not Ralph Wrecks the Internet? Yes, for the joke, for that one joke alone, I think it was worth it. The joke being that they didn't name it. Yes, that. exactly. <laughs> okay. <dang it. laughs> 
uh, because they, they pointed was, that out. In there the are so many good moments in there. Oh my gosh! Like if you if you're a fan of the internet, then you will like that movie. They do a good they do a really good job. Okay, dang. All right. See, I'm missing out on more Wreck It Ralph. Uh, so I need to get on that. <laughs> we'll have a redemption but, for it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, now that we've done that, that very important moment of silence, we can move forward to our movie awards and. These aren't really based on any sort of metric. It's just our opinions straight up. Yep. Um, so we're just going to hand out these awards. And because we're we have not start... talked about these movies enough. We are right. going to talk about some some more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is going to be awards for the movies that we watched, obviously, to get up to our 50th episode. And we're going to start. Our first category is most surprising movie. The movie that exceeded our expectations. Movies that uh, we didn't expect um as much as we ended up getting out of them and i will go first with probably the least this is probably going to be not very surprising to you joey but for me the most surprising movie was sucker punch ah. <laughs> um and I, I think my so, reaction is the opposite of what a sucker punch would do to me at that moment which is that's right I totally expected it <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, a movie that i had barely even heard of and i and it ended up basically changing the way that i view like special effects and like just this the content in movies that they show in the commercials that they try to get you into the film for. right uh, i mean we i could you know I, I said all this stuff on that podcast episode but it, it really changed the way that i view these movies and um made me understand why it feels so hollow when movies don't do enough to uh build up their own universe before giving you those action fight scenes. So right. I, uh, I, I really, I was blown away by sucker punch. Um, so the, and, so the, the, ter- the thing that you keep mentioning, um, actually has a name. The, the idea of like them giving excuses for what's in the universe. And it's right. called uh diegesis. It's basically the stuff that, um, musicals play with, which is the idea that like, Oh, the, when they're singing and it's not actually happening in the story right when they're singing it's a metaphor for them interacting and everything and you just kind of have to suspend your disbelief and so something that so that kind of singing in a um what's in a musical would be non-diegesis where something where the actual narrative the actual plot and like the character and stuff would be diegesis uh, of of the narrative um so what you keep alluding to the thing that you appreciate the most is when something goes the extra step to make sure it is diegesis it's actually in the narrative which is what sucker punch does so well it gives an excuse for you to have these elaborate kind of extraordinary fantastical um, action scenes but it doesn't ever say oh like this is actually happening or oh you need to actually believe what's going on this is all a metaphor for something else so it's this it's this really nice um i don't know i i I never really put that together and you uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head, but I do have a term for it now, so we can get even even more specific. I'm glad because uh, it's, I mean, every single one of those like dreamlike fight sequences is so satisfying because you know it's not real. You don't have to suspend your disbelief and you can just sit back and enjoy it for what it is because right. the movie's giving you an excuse. So I, I love it. And I, it's, yeah, obviously the most every, surprising movie, yeah. the one that's called <laughs> Sucker Punch. Every time I saw, ever since I saw this movie in theaters, I it's been one of my favorite movies and i've always you know i've always like seen the critical score and everything and and just always held fast that this is such a great movie and um ever since we we announced that we we're going to do this podcast or we decided we we're going to do this podcast that was one that i wanted to do so i'm glad we got it out of the way quickly 
Well, yeah, and it's given me faith in my own opinion in a movie because this movie is so hated, or at least by the ratings that it gets, it's right. so um, objectively bad according to ratings that it doesn't make any sense to me. I really enjoy this movie and I have reasons for enjoying it. So I, it gives me more faith in my own opinions to say, you know what? I don't have to trust the, the critics or the medic score. Yeah. I can just enjoy a movie if I enjoy it. Yes. Okay. Um, my most surprising movie was Bionicle Mask of Light. Really? <laughs> I did. It was not as bad as I expected it. And we got so much joy out of it that I feel like that was, that was probably one of the best ones because we, we actually ended up doing two episodes in that. We did the first one, which was the classic affable chat talk. And then we did a um, listener uh, mailbag episode where somebody wrote in and told us all the things we got wrong about it. And we went through that too. Um, yeah. Going through that, <laughs> I didn't feel like we actually, there was no fault on our part for getting it all wrong. No, it was not at Bionicle's all. fault. They, she, she was very like apologetic. And there was a lot of things <laughs> that she said we got wrong that we actually got right. So yeah. it, was all, it was all good. <laughs> Yeah, that that was really fun, and I mean, I expected that movie to be like just terrible, just kind of just silly and and dumb. And there were definitely parts that were silly and dumb, but as far as like pure enjoyment and just kind of like um, good things to talk about, it, it, it gave us so much to kind of dive into. It gave us a, a glimpse into a corner of the internet that's still very active, which is the Twitter Bionicle universe. So very active. Um, yeah, I I was impressed i should say okay so our next category was miss most disappointing uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> should i go first go first my miss most uh my miss um disappointing movie uh was uh, idiocracy what a coincidence it was also mine <laughs> yeah i had heard so much uh, expectation was very high for this movie uh i heard so much about it how much prolific it was how much um, you know, our world is becoming more like idiocracy. And I just felt like it was a, a caricature of what dumb people were like. And it was very much a, um, uh, it, it, was, it was cynical, but it was not in a way that was at all believable. You know, there, there, was, there was not nearly as much stuff about how we are dumb today as much as like, oh, look at these dumb people. Right. It just wasn't very biting. It eventually got annoying because they treated us uh, like we were as dumb as yeah. the people that existed in this world. And especially because it's so iconic. I think the premise is really good, but the execution falls short of um, what I think the potential is. So um, that was just a little bit disappointing. Um, there were some good moments, but it would, and there were some good, interesting gags and stuff, but it just never felt like it was, ever, it never felt like a prolific movie. It just felt like a silly idea. And, um, I don't know, it, it could have been done a lot better. It could have been done with a little bit more nuance and it could have been done with a more entertaining lead. Right. And, uh, so since, because, since, because, right. <laughs> since, because, since, because, because we had the same one on this, I was kind of undecided and I, I have a, I have a runner up okay, for most okay. disappointing, which is solo, a star Wars story. Ooh, that's a good one. Because. When I was growing up, I loved Star Wars so much. And, and again, it was probably just because of lightsabers and the Force. And I, I just I thought it was cool as opposed to whether, I, whether or not I was certain it was good cinema, a good storytelling in a movie. But 
I used to accost people who would tell me they'd never seen Star Wars. Yeah. I'm like, how can you not see Star Wars? You have to see Star Wars. And if you haven't, go remedy that. It's so easy. But um, after, okay, so episode seven, I liked a, I liked a lot just because I got to see a Star Wars movie in the theaters and the beep and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But every release after that, I got a little less confident in Star Wars and started being like questioning why I was such a big fan of this series. And Solo, I think, was the um, the nail the, in the coffin. Yeah, the uh, the log that broke the camel's back because I just I take a like <laughs> I was shot shot. Uh, what's the word? Um, shot and fried, shot and fried uh, for for Star Wars, where I love to see it fail. I love <laughs> the crumbling of Star Wars. I think at this point, depending on your opinion of um, what's the movie, uh, the newest one, not Solo, episode eight. Yeah, episode eight. Depending on your opinion, is episode eight. There are more bad Star Wars movies than there are good Star Wars movies at this point. And if you go into a Star Wars movie expecting it to be great. And you're kidding yourself. <laughs> you are kidding yourself because, okay, I still hold the, the original trilogy in high regard. I've come to the realization that the prequels are more of a meme, but if you're a true Star Wars fan, you'll, you really do enjoy those movies. Like you, you unironically have a good time watching those films. But starting with episode seven and onward, you really have to um, suspend your, your ability to criticize anything if you yeah. want to enjoy Star Wars. It's just... It's not very good anymore. And even though I'll probably see episode nine just to conclude it, you know, I've, I'm already so invested. I might as well see it. But, <laughs> but all these planned Star Wars stories, I don't know if it's worth my time anymore. They've, I don't know they've really, they've, uh, it, <laughs> it's that, um, it's that Godfather meme where they're like, look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so true. Because, yeah, I still love Star Wars, but I'm more of just a uh, prequels and originals guy now. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the, the new movies kind of made it clear what like the prequels had going for it, which is still like very unique characters, unique settings, unique story. I mean, the the prequels are like narratively very different than the the original trilogy. And the the new trilogy is very much similar to everything you've seen before. And they just keep rehashing everything. It's just... um. I don't know it's like where do new ideas come from and why can't you find figure that out disney it's very confusing and it's just a um i don't know it seems like such a hollow thing now um from a studio and from a, a company and a, a franchise that really should know better they need to get christopher nolan to direct episode nine that'd be interesting <laughs> christian he done, bale he has done he, sequels yeah so he could do a sequel he could do it Anyways, let's move on to the weirdest movie. And we saw there were a few weird there ones. There was quite in here. a few. But I decided to go with, I think this one's obvious, but it, it is the one that I thought was the weirdest, which is Swiss Army Man. Okay. Because Daniel Radcliffe humbling himself to become a corpse. And that movie is nonstop weirdness from the farting, the motorboat farting all the way to the motorboat farting at the end. So I, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was pulled off really well and uh, certainly weird throughout and interesting music as well. Yes. Not very non-traditional soundtrack the that I also soundtrack really enjoyed. An under, unappreci uh, underappreciated aspect of that movie. It's one of the, I actually sometimes will just go back to our episode of that because we play a song at the very yeah, beginning yeah. of the episode just to get a quick listen in. It's I really, really nice. It. It, it really sticks in your head. 
All right, my my uh, my uh, pick for weirdest movie is going to be Small Soldiers. Okay. <laughs> this is one that you love that you probably don't think is weird at all because you grew up watching it. But for me, like growing up with like Toy Story and everything, this is like a weird perversion of like the toys come to life and they're not your friends. And um, it's t- technology versus nature as well. Yeah. It's it's um like traditionally it's it is a kind of traditional movie. It's got a three act structure and everything. It's very much like a big action scene at the end and there's all these things but it there are so many just weird moments um from uh like alan and that his relationship with that truck driver who just hands over all that stuff to him to uh what's her name um uh kirsten dunce uh abandoning her old boyfriend yeah. <laughs> Brad, justice for justice Brad. for Brad, dude. The whole fight scene at the end where they're like taking over, like all these things, just you know, they they throw it against the wall, and they're like, "Who cares? Like this all doesn't make sense. We're rebuilding our toys, and they're coming back. Battle damage, chip hazard, and yeah, and, and everyone. Globotech just paying everyone off yeah. so that they don't have to deal with the consequences. There's of- just so much to talk about with that movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. I'm I'm glad that that was one that I was like indoctrinated into loving because uh, I think it holds up in some capacity. Also, I um, I liked it. I mean, it was weird, but I liked it. Phil Hartman is yeah. great in that movie. That's one right. of my favorite yeah, quotes normal, from him. Neighbor. Yeah, he's so annoying, and uh, his name is Phil Dunphy in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, one of my favorite lines from him is, "They make him look like such an ass in that movie." <laughs> but like, there's the part where the small soldiers are putting sleeping pills in his uh, seltzer water. They're like catapulting them across the room into his yeah. drink. And while he's sitting there, he's like, "I think World War II is my favorite war." <laughs> <laughs> it's classic uh yeah so i'm glad you said that because i was really happy to share that movie with you it's a very formative movie for me oh good i'm, I'm glad <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, our next category is best movie music uh i'll, I'll go first okay. um and just like you said uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna pick swiss army man for um for my for best movie music not necessarily best movie musical I would say Chicago is our is the best musical that we've done on the podcast, and it did have a lot of good, really good songs. But I would argue that the choreography in that movie is probably even stronger than the songs, which is saying a lot. Um, but for as far as just music that just sticks in your head, stuff that is really unique and stands out, I say Swiss Army Man takes the cake for me. Nice, yeah, and and, and again, it's just unconventional, yeah, which is one of my sure. favorite things. I mean, unconventional is the definition, but, of that but movie. appropriate for the movie. For I mean, because it's it sounds like you're harmonizing with the sound in your vo- in your head, which is almost kind of how the whole movie is categorized. Yeah, I love it. That's another one that I like can go back and visit anytime and know that it's going to be worth it. It's just fun the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So for my best movie music, this is surprising because we did musicals and they're not going to take home this award. (laughs) I picked Whiplash. Oh, good. Whiplash was so good. And it's it's an area of music that I rarely uh, appreciate on my own. Something that I I don't really listen to jazz all that much. Certainly not orchestra music without having someone share it with me. So it was nice to have a movie that makes it so palatable and exciting and dramatic. And it was... All, all together, just really enjoyable. Like this, this, it's all about the drama in that movie, but it's, it's also about appreciating a really talented drummer and a really talented conductor, and, and just the whole thing feels very elite and practiced. And I, I, it's so, 
Yeah, I, I really did enjoy Whiplash. And I can't believe I waited this long to finally see it. I knew it was good. People told me it was fantastic. And people were right. Yeah, it was fantastic. Okay, our final movie award is the most subjective one we've got. Ooh. What movie you liked most? So there's no metric to this. Don't try to calculate our ratings and figure out which... <laughs> which Actually, uh, please do try to calculate our ratings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, you're right. If you can figure out the math behind our ratings, then you... Please you, tell us. <laughs> yeah, please share it with us. But this, we're just going to give it to the movie we enjoyed the most or liked the most, and, and I'm going to go with the Grand Budapest Hotel. All right. That's... I, Okay, go ahead. Go I, ahead. I had never seen Grand Budapest Hotel and I'd heard a lot about it. And I know it's so, I mean, it's so stereotypical podcaster who talks about movies to say that Wes Anderson made his, the movie he liked the most. <laughs> so stereotypical, but I don't care. I, I love this movie front to back. And this was earlier, somewhat earlier in our Affable Chat career. Uh, and I watched this movie multiple times without, you know, at that point, I, I was taking some effort to prepare for these episodes. That one, I easily watched that movie multiple times because I wanted to. It was so yeah. easy to watch. I loved the way that they played with the aspect ratio and stuck to that, you know, keeping everything in a frame kind of uh, cinematography cinematography throughout the whole movie. It's uh, the, the, the soundtrack is so hypnotic and just energetic and it keeps you it keeps you enticed the whole time the acting in it is fantastic the art direction is out of this world i, I i've got every adjective every every yeah. every label i could place on this movie it's is so good caref- it's just like every west anderson movie it's so careful it's so deliberate it's so precise and yeah there's so much to love about that movie it's just um pleasing in every aspect exactly and uh in that's every why aspect ratio too hey, hey. <laughs> and that's why i have to give it the movie that i liked most well um this <laughs> this will be very appropriate especially if you're a rant about podcasters picking Wes anderson movies but my best movie would be isle of dogs nice i loved isle of dogs i saw that in theaters um i saw it twice because i had the opportunity to do that and it was just wonderful i really really enjoyed that movie uh, it just uh, blew me away in every aspect the very careful stop motion but also like the 2D um, animation to do to show like the screens and stuff. There was it was mostly um, with subtitles, although the dogs spoke English, so you could understand what they were saying. The dogs kind of went through their own transformation. All each of them kind of had a little a little arc in it, and it was just a very fun and interesting movie and a very like unique premise that uh, came together in like a really really nice way and it had such a an engaging. Um, a couple of main characters, and um, I don't know. It was just a very heartfelt movie, and it made me really love my dog. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, that one was good. That was actually one of my runner-ups for like weird movies that I liked yeah. because it, it is it's different. And I also now it's available to be streamed, so I might have to go back and do that because it's, we did that one. Oh man, I was theaters. so I was looking forward to it so much when it came out, and it it just blew me out of the water. I was so impressed, and I loved the little kids, like the kids drumming. That, that song is always stuck in my head. Yes. And, but, um, go, go, sorry, ahead, go ahead. Okay. But, so, but this wasn't my favorite movie to talk about in the podcast. This was my favorite movie we watched, but I think my favorite movie we talked to talk about was definitely Ex Machina. Oh, dang. I, um, I don't have a bet one that I like talking <laughs> about the most. I liked them all. <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of interpret this question in different ways. So I was, I mean, as far as just kind of 
deep philosophical questions, I think nothing really compares to Ex Machina and the stuff that it brings up. And we really went down a couple of rabbit holes talking about all the ways that it explores these really, really interesting, compelling ideas about what it means to be human, what it means to be alive, um, and, and what's going on in this whole movie. So, And also yeah. a fantastic film, yeah. If, yeah, if you're looking to go look back at a movie that we, uh, we passionately talked about, I think Ex Machina is one of our best episodes. So it's, uh, I noticed another thing, a commonality here kind of with our awards um, is Edward Norton. I Edward think Norton. If, we, <laughs> if we had a giveaway, like a award for most liked actor, the actor that we appreciated the most in these 50 episodes, it's got to be him. <laughs> I love Edward Norton. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh man okay so that wraps up our movie awards section our affies is that what our, you want to call them? oh yeah dang i forgot to call them that the <laughs> affies yeah so those movies get the affies and um we're ready to move forward joey i think the next segment is yours oh that's right okay so we recently started a youtube channel affable chat on youtube check it out um and we've been kind of passing the torch back and forth about which uh you know which, who, whose responsibility is the video currently is benjamin's so i am home i'm free. working on it oh all yeah right, right. i've got something i coming. mean last time i waited like three weeks so well that was because i didn't know how to make a video but now i do and it's coming. And yours was, it was worth three weeks so I'm gonna <laughs> do it. anyway my last video came out um well i it's called i post therefore i am it's about social media and about social credit um and i just kind of want to talk about it because i haven't really got a chance to sit down and talk to you about what you really thought um so i guess my my first question is, I was trying to make a, if it wasn't obvious, I was trying to make a persuasive argument. Do you feel like I was persuasive? In a sense, yes. I think, um, I think you are more educational than okay. persuasive, if, that's, uh, yeah. if that makes any sense. It does. I mean, I was, picking, I was picking my sources carefully and everything. I was trying to come up with you know, give as much evidence as I could toward my argument. Um, but I, ultimately, what I was, I was trying to make the argument that social media is important to the point where it's becoming social credit. If you want to say, if you want to put it on a scale, right, you say, he, like, regular social interaction is on one end. China's social credit system is on the other end. Social media is somewhere in the middle. I, I think you got that point across pretty strongly. And I think, have you... Uh, like Joe Rogan did a podcast yesterday with uh, Jack Dorsey. No, I haven't got a chance to look at. I downloaded it though. V, yeah, so it was Jack Dorsey v Vijaya Gad. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing is, is she, that. Is she an employee of Twitter? Because he was talking about uh, bringing. Because I remember him and Joe Rogan were ta- were tweeting at each other. Yes, and they were going to bring uh, her on. Yeah, so she's like a lawyer who does like uh, conduct or something for Twitter. I'm mm. sure I'm butchering that, but she is somebody who deals with these issues that are surrounding Twitter right now with banning people and giving people strikes and stuff like that. And Tim Pool, who's like an independent reporter, and uh, they they have a really great discussion, and it's really applicable to your video because they talk about your online presence basically being your voice and your representation in the American democracy. And yeah. when Twitter bans you for saying things that are 
deemed offensive to some people, they're effectively removing you from the dialogue of something that is super important. Twitter played a huge role in the 2016 election, a huge role. And to remove your ability to contribute to the conversation by banning you from Twitter, Tim Pool makes the argument that that is an overreach of their power and they need to uh, reevaluate how they're going about that process because he has all these examples of people who've been banned for reasons that he deems to be invalid reasons where he's exposing twitter's liberal lean i don't think that you can make that decision yourself that's not the point that i'm making here but he does bring up an example of chase bank canceling people's bank accounts because of their online activity that's crazy yes where they say, sorry, your too, your online presence is considered too toxic for us to do business with you. We can't be associated with you because... For individuals or for like For companies? individuals. For individuals. Wow. That's yes. amazing. So you, you, it, I would recommend... <laughs> yeah, yeah like I would recommend listening to I'm, the... Well, I'm ep- definitely going to listen to it. I mean, it's on my queue. I mean, I still have to get through the Alex Jones podcast because that's been really, really interesting. It's so good. <laughs> and, it's um, so good. Oh, God, he's such a lunatic. And uh, then I want to listen to the Dr. Phil one, and then I'm going to listen to the Jack Dorsey one. So You're going to um, be really interested in it because it covers a lot of these same I did enjoy topics. the one he did with, with, um, with Jack the first time. That was, it was kind of eye-opening, and I'm glad that you recommended it to me. So, yeah, it's, um, but yeah, it, it, this is an important topic right now, and I'm glad that you're bringing it up uh, because I, I think you're right. And, and it's kind of made me reevaluate my own activity on Twitter because I used to use Twitter as just basically a stream of consciousness. Anything I thought that I was like, oh, somebody might enjoy hearing that. Which is kind of what it's pitched as, right? Sure, but now I reconsider what my goals are because before it used to be to authentically get my opinions out there. Now I don't think that's the case anymore. I think it's more of an opportunity. I don't want to say to like put my best self out there, but I'm definitely not giving all my authentic thoughts, especially when it comes to politics. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something to do with like putting your best foot forward. It's like, um, I mean, it's like what I said in the video, it's like wearing makeup, you know, or like playing along with social games, you know, saying like, hi, how are you to everyone you see in the street it's, or like waving or uh, making eye contact, shaking hands with like a firm gl- grasp and everything. Maybe you think those things are silly. Maybe you think those things are made up and everything. And I mean, for a certain, you can make an argument that they definitely are, but maybe that's the game you have to play. And maybe that's what social media, uh, maybe social media is a new game. Well, and it's interesting that you mentioned that whole argument between you and your clone there about existence and whether or not you exist based yeah. on your online persona, because a lot of people, if they couldn't see you online, you wouldn't exist to them. And I thought about this in the context of my own posts and the difference between what I was posting when I was in college and what I'm posting now, because I don't really engage with many of my coworkers on social media. I'm most of the people that I engage with online are people that I met before I moved out of South Carolina. And back then those people knew me in real life as well as online. So my existence was a combination of my real life and my online posts. Now I solely exist to these people exclusively as online posts. Well, and their memories, but yes, you're exactly right. Like any opinion that they have of you is going to only going to be changed by what they see of you online and so if they have some you know like oh you know benjamin thinks about a certain way about a certain topic that's going to come from seeing it on twitter that's not going to come from you saying it in in real life with the all the nuance and you know facial expressions and you know different ways that you could express that feeling now you only have 280 characters to express that same thought 
Exactly. And I've always considered myself to be more potent in real life than, on, than in text form. And maybe, maybe that's <laughs> Me a too, cr- but that's maybe because I don't shower. Ah, <laughs> you're on one tonight, Joey. Um, it, maybe that's a criticism of my own ability to write. Uh, um, but I, I just think it's more of uh, I'm just a better, at, better at explaining myself when I'm able to use my voice and my body language and eye contact and all these other tools that you don't have at your disposal while you're online. And of course, being online comes with all these other stipulations that uh, don't apply to real life. Like I'm much more comfortable giving my political opinion on most things when I'm face to face with someone, because if they disagree with me, we can discuss it and and have it. And, you know, but if I say something on Twitter in seven months, someone can pull that up and be like, wow, what an idiot this guy was yeah uh, well did you see that thing um i linked to it in the video very briefly but i didn't talk about it explicitly ja- uh assume, like i guess jack dorsey has been doing like a press tour at this point i'm not exactly sure why i don't know if he has a book out or something but he did an interview with someone through twitter where they she would ask questions and he would answer them on twitter and it was a total disaster because people kept interjecting and keep like putting things in like hey what about this you know whatever and he, all of his things kind of got jumbled up. So people, some websites spent a lot of time assembling it into an order that you, you could actually read it. Um, but like, it's the a couple of the articles I read about it were like, this is just proof that you can't actually have a discussion on Twitter. Like, if you actually want to have a high level, like idea centric kind of debate about anything, it's just going to get jumbled up. You're, it's going to be lost in the noise. You know, it's just going to be like you know, spinning in the, in the ocean. Like, you're never going to see it again. It's just going to be uh, lost. And, and, you know, that's something that Jack keeps harping on. It's like, oh, we need to change that. Oh, we need to make it better for this. But, like, this is the platform you're using right now. And if your platform doesn't, like, facilitate conversation, then that's not happening. Right. And, and Twitter's great for, yeah, sound bites and, and, and saying something quick. And I think you quick and you witty. Put- Yes, quick and witty. It will, and you put it good well in your video. Do you remember exactly what you said? It uh, towards the end. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I have it right here. Social media allows you to sit at a distance from the people you attack. It allows you to be anonymous, and it rewards the quick wit far more than the well-researched or sympathetic response. Right. So you get you come to a point where you have to decide: Are you willing to compromise your actual understanding of a subject in order to make the quick wit, in order to dumb it down to the point where it's uh, you know viral? And yeah. well, you see this on Reddit all the time. People always complain that like the like Reddit comments are always the same, but like it it makes perfect sense if you know like how people use Reddit. The comments that rise to the top, the comments that make, get the most karma on Reddit, are the ones that are on there the quickest and the ones that are the shortest and like funniest you know if it's a short funny thing and it's on there pretty fast that's going to go to the top really easily if it's something long and kind of drawn out maybe people will read it maybe they'll just read the first sentence and the last sentence and maybe they'll just downvote it because it's too long for them to read it's you know and if you put something in there that's too late no one's going to see it because no one's going to scroll through thousands of comments i mean i'm certainly not going to do that and so um, it always, it always seems like the same thing is going to rise to the top, but that's just how it is. And I feel like Twitter is probably the exact same way. You have some well-researched, you know, uh, articulate idea that's reached, that's, you know, in 10 different replies, or are you going to have one quick, oh, this is dumb because random reason insert, you know, meme that that's all you need to say. And then people are like, yeah, that's a good one. I agree with that. 
Right. Oh, it's so, especially yeah, especially when without evidence it it comes to the same conclusion that you already believe. Dude, yes. retweet that with the with the swiftness. So it's um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, that's the illusionary uh, truth effect, right? The more you see something, the more you believe it's true. So if you if you follow echo chambers on Twitter, which obviously every person is kind of an echo chamber, you're gonna see the same things over and over again, and you're just gonna believe that what they say is true. And I mean, where does that get you? Does that get you closer to really understanding what's going on, or does that just make you angry toward a certain group of people? Well, it's interesting how this affects our uh, the way we interact with other people. So, because another thing that you postulate in this video is that social media is kind of tearing the social fabric of uh, yeah, of the, of, polyhypatia. Yes, and <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of truth to this. And it, again, it's it's like so relevant in this moment. Adam Silver actually was recently interviewed. Adam Silver is the commissioner of the National Basketball Association, okay. and he was talking about his the time that he spends with the players and he talks about the difference between the NBA now and the NBA in the like nineties when Michael Jordan was there, when all the players, he says that the players today aren't very happy and, and, really? and right. And, and he's trying not to put it as like, Oh, they're, they're so entitled, you know, play, getting paid millions of dollars to play basketball isn't good enough for them. They're still unhappy. It, it's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that things have changed back then. Michael Jordan and his teammates were best friends, all of them. They, it didn't matter. Yeah. It, it was just, you know, the guys playing basketball. Isaiah Thomas, he brings up an Isaiah Thomas reference, and Isaiah Thomas, another basketball player in the NBA. He said that championships are won on the bus because mm. that's where you make, you, you get along with your guys and you, yeah. you become, you know, best friends. You really congeal the team there. Now, and I guess Adam Silver's just saying this, I've never been on an NBA bus, but he says now they got the headphones on, they got their eyes on their phone, they're keeping up with their social media profile, communicating with the people that aren't there that they prefer to be communicating with, and that it's it's more of a just a job that they're there for. And, it, and that unity is is missing, which I, I'm just like, I'm kind of amazed by. At the same time, I'm reading this book called Them by uh, Ben Sast. Uh, he's a... Senator, I believe, from uh, yeah. Nebraska, Senator Ben Sass, uh, and he, them is a non-political book about partisanship in the United States, hmm. and his argument is that we're, we're losing these, and I haven't finished the book, so this is just what I've read so far, so, but <laughs> he, he talks about how the uh, American communities are breaking down, and people are spending less time with the people in their immediate vicinity, uh, and instead spending that time online, uh, yeah. where, inst- where they're not finding positive things to be together for. Instead, they're uniting in these things that he calls anti-tribes, where you find other people who agree about something that they disagree with. And Interesting. You, and you join these these mobs of hatred, because if we can't find something that we can enjoy together, then the next best thing is finding something that we hate together. That makes a lot of sense. And I mean, this kind of goes back to that book I was reading, Sapiens. Um, he talks about how uh, we're gravitating toward um, focusing our culture on the individual, the family unit, the, the tribe, the like community, the close knit, like local community is kind of falling apart. And there's a lot of pressure to individuate, you know, go out and be your own person. That's why like the growth of cities, he says, is a, is a big part of that, um, because it means that you can be an individual in a big group of people. You know, you're, you're not, you can't get to know everyone in the city. So why even bother? Um, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's 
definitely the way that things are moving. Right. And, and, and obviously I haven't finished Dr. Ben Sass's book yet, so I don't know what the conclusion he comes to, but based on the, the, how prevalent this idea is of social media becoming the community and whether that's good or bad, it seems like it's inevitable and it is what's happening. So yeah. maybe the best thing to do is just adapt and get on board. I mean, possibly. I mean, uh, there's, there's, there's a couple things that I wanted to reference in my video that I didn't get a chance to. Uh, one of them was this thing called Sale, um, which was um, pitched by the guy who runs Northeastern West University, who wrote that book, Robot Proof, which I referenced in one of my other videos. Um, it, Sale is like this, um, social, it's basically a social media app for students um, at Northeastern, and they can track their unstructured but educational time. So if they, have, if they have a productive discussion with a classmate outside of class, they can log that for credit in wow. sale, which is kind of insane. And the idea, that he's, the idea that he's kind of pitching here is like, people are already doing this. It's just we want to reward and encourage it. And people who, use, like people who are going to university now, they, um, they understand and use social media so efficiently that ad- adapting to something like this wouldn't be that difficult. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's definitely an interesting idea that you could track, you know, people's kind of unstructured time um, and that you would want to, I guess, especially in kind of a university environment and you say, oh, he did this and this and this. And, then, and what that does to, to me as someone who like in college always kind of did the bare minimum, <laughs> like what that means is like I have to suddenly do so much more. Uh, you know, like I had, like all my classmates are going out and having these productive discussions. All my classmates are going out and volunteering at the pet shelter. What am I doing? You know, am I sitting in my room, uh, watching YouTube videos or am I doing something more productive with my life all the time, every day? I'm never off, you know, like, uh, that actually sounds kind of nightmarish to never (laughs) be off the clock. I don't, I don't know if that's really what's, what's happening or not. It is just kind of, and it's like new, uh, you know, still in its fledgling years. Uh, but it's definitely an interesting idea, and it's definitely a, a, an interesting way of using social media to kind of structure people's lives. And then the other thing I wanted to reference is The Circle, um, which is a book that came out a few years ago. There was a movie with um, Tom Hanks and Emma Watson uh, that also came out, I guess, in 2015. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe it was 2017. Um, did you read The Circle? I did not. So our, the university we went to uh, assigned a first-year reading experience book every year. So your freshmen would, were required to read a book before you started college, and then you would have a big discussion with it around people that you potentially be your classmates. Um, a lot of people kind of put it off, but I actually read my book. I read uh, for my year. I read the book for Benjamin's year, and I read the book for the year after that. Um, and uh, the one for your year was really, really good. I loved it. There was I, the postmortem. I highly recommend. Um, the other one uh, was the Circle, which is about a social media empire. Can I say something really quick yes. about the postmortal? The author who wrote the postmortal. Do you know who it is? Uh, Jonathan something or other. Well, he he came to the school and yeah. gave a he gave a speech in front of the freshman class and he cussed and we were like, oh man, like this is really college, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking hilarious. <laughs> Uh, okay but, uh... <laughs> oh uh, drew mcgarry that's who wrote the postmortal okay anyway so the the circle is about like a, a kind of an alternate future 
where there's this one company that basically runs everything on the internet. It's basically like Google and Facebook all in one. Um, and it's called the Circle, and it it is this big, huge thing that's basically taking over the entire world. At this point, it's like stronger than a lot of governments, and it's actually absorbing some governments. And there's all these things that it's doing to basically create a uh, panopticon of a um, society, meaning that everyone was watched all the time, and you could always see what people are doing. And um, there's all these nightmarish things that happen in the in the book that are just uh, totally fascinating. But what I think is most interesting, and what I think a lot of people don't understand about it, is that it's written from the point of view that the circle is a good thing, and everyone in the in the in the world agrees that the circle is the best thing for society. Um, the you everything takes place on or almost everything takes place on the circle's community, like on its campus. So you're only interacting with fellow circlers or whatever they're called. And um, they all, of course, work there and agree that the circle is great and we should all be doing more to support the circle. And there's all the people that don't agree, people that, that think that's silly, people that think it's a waste of time or, you know, just a new fad. And they are quickly silenced. It's, um, it's really, really interesting. And it's just about this kind of, idea that social media is becoming this kind of thing that you can that's watching us all it's all the time and um i just i really recommend the book i haven't seen the movie but i didn't i hear heard it wasn't super great the but the, the book definitely pitches a lot of really really interesting ideas including something called going transparent which is where you broadcast your life 24 hours a day so you put a camera on you and you basically talk to your audience and they and they could see what you see and you know hear the conversations you have there's a um uh, a politician who as her like re-election campaign uh, she pitches that she's going to go transparent while she's uh, like working so every conversation she has with anyone um is going to be um you broadcast for everyone to see which i think is a really interesting idea and almost like a really good one too because then you would never like you would see all the pressures that they go through, all the lobbyists that come to them, all the people, all the shady deals that they are trying to force to make. And you'll be able to see what happens behind closed doors and maybe get a better understanding of what happens in our, you know, our government. But to, to go all the way, which is what our main character does, and actually wear a camera all the time, and she only ever turns, it, she turns off the audio when she's in the bathroom, and then she turns it off when she goes to sleep. And she gets like an hour to herself a day. But she's always like on. She's always broadcasting. She's always doing this. And she thinks it's a, a dream come true because so many people are seeing things through her eyes. It's amazing. And it's, um, it's just kind of this idea that the world could at some point switch. You know, at some point we could all say, hey, maybe this is a good thing. Hey, maybe we should all do this. You know, people will stop resisting and the people that do resist will be outnumbered. They'll be, yeah, they'll be irrelevant. Well, and that's, that's kind of the thing that I feel like I'm doing at this point is kind of accepting this idea that your online presence does matter more and making my online presence better. I'd rather mm -hmm. my online presence be my voice and um, an established source of my expression than 280 characters every couple of days because sure. I feel like this is a better representative of who I am versus just hearing or just reading my, uh, my tweets. One of the things that I love about some of my favorite content creators is they're almost bulletproof. And the reason I say almost is because they don't really do anything that's that offensive, but right. their perceived offenses get quickly 
washed out because they're true fans who experience them through their voice, through their audio and visual, who know them, are there to defend them. When somebody says, hey, this person is, you know, racist blank. because yeah. they, they are a blank. Yeah, fill in whatever you want to say. When they're accused of some sort of perceived slight, they have an established audience who can say, no, that's not true. Here's all the proof. Here's hours and hours. Of, here's 72 hours of proof. So... <laughs> So um, yeah. I, I think that while it is kind of terrifying to think that everything's going to go online, it is uh, at least somewhat comfort- comforting to take that into your own hands and say, well, I'm going to do something about it and at least try to um, you know, in- improve my chances of surviving in this new environment. Exactly. And that's all you can do because you're kind of on your own. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, like you were saying earlier about how um, Tim Pool was complaining about them uh, blocking certain types of people like. There, at this point, there's no rhyme or reason. Uh, Facebook was um, like, uh, Facebook is talking about creating their own like supreme court within Facebook that decides what is free speech and like decides all these like like tough to decide cases. Which maybe they have, maybe that's what they have to do. But at this point, it's totally up to them, and they get to decide like what we see and what we don't see, and the algorithm determines what you get to watch and you know what gets pushed down to the bottom. It's at this point, it's um, totally up to these private companies, um, but you can take control of your own life and you can show, you know, what you want to show and, and, and make a kind of portfolio for yourself that is, um, you know, what's the word? Palatable, I guess. Sure. Or just a better representative of you. Uh, yeah. Because I don't know if a lot of people feel like this, but I certainly feel like the person I am in real life is the best version of me and i and the online version is just a watered down version of who i really am so getting that online version of you to be as close to you or as authentic as possible i think is a positive thing for sure all right wow that was a deep dive (laughs) i'm uh i'm coming up for air (laughs) (laughs) and i want to bring us to a lighter subject um so you okay I, I always hate this when people name their fan base, right? It's a like, very popular like, thing to do with it, online I know community. it's a very popular thing to do, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I like it. I don't know. It seems so pretentious. It's like, oh, you know, you know the one that really bugs me is there's this guy that I used to watch who would read comics. He would like show you comic strips or something like that he bought, and then he would like scan the pages, and then he would read to you what happens in the comics, uh, which is its own version of weird, but he would call his <laughs> fan base the Rob Corps because his name was Rob and there was something about the Green Lantern Corps or something. God, it made me cringe so much. <laughs> and ever since then, I've been so resistant to the idea of naming uh, something. Well, because, there, yeah, there's varying levels of uh, good and bad names for your community. We right. have um, various amounts of tongue in cheek names. Right. Like Drew Gooden has, he calls his community the Little Stinkers. Um, or he calls them little stinkers. And then yeah. Danny Gonzalez calls his audience Greg, singular. Right. And one of my favorite uh, like internet comedians, Curtis Connor, calls his fans citizens of Curtis Town. And he's yeah, the mayor um, of Curtis Town. Eddie Burbank, he's also in that kind of realm. He calls his fan base the children of Burbank, as if they're a cult of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> so I was um, posing this question to Joey, and I asked him what we should potentially call our our community that we're uh, talking to it we're addressing whenever we make our content and he gave me a mathematical formula that i think yeah. is pretty good <laughs> okay so you got affable chat which is the name of the podcast in case you didn't know if you're listening to affable chat uh which you know, the uh 
initials are AC, also known as air conditioning. So our our fans are fans. Which I think is perfect because perfect. <laughs> I will be referring to our fans as fans from now on, but we also get to avoid being cringy because everyone calls their fans fans. <laughs> so we get the best of both worlds and I love perfect. it. Perfect. So Thank you for being one of our fans. If you're listening right now, you are a true fan. A true <laughs> fan. <laughs> uh, okay. As we blow hot air. Yes. You can, you can cool us down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How long have we been recording here? Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. So what's next for Affable Chat? So the, the 50th episode, we, it wasn't really ever something that we were planning on being like, okay, we're going to do 50 episodes about movies. But... Really, the reason we started with movies is because we needed something to talk about. Um, I I had done a couple of podcasting projects prior to Affable Chat, and I had just finished up one about football, and I was looking for something new to do, and I wanted somebody to do it with. And, and Joey and I wanted to work on something, but we weren't sure exactly what it was we wanted to talk about, so we went with movies. And that's been great. We really cut our teeth in the podcasting world um, by talking about movies. This is always something oh, yeah. more to talk about with these films. But who are we to talk about films? <laughs> if you want to sit down and listen to Affable Chat, you really have to like the two guys, the guys who you're, who, you're, who you're listening to, right? Right. I mean, that's what makes a podcast worth listening to is like the opinions of the two guys that are talking. And it's, I mean, we're two guys. That's why we're using two guys as an example. Right. Um, it, like, ultimately, if you want to know, like, what you're coming here for is um, our opinion on movies. But what about our opinion on other things? What about our opinion about things in general? You know, I feel like that's a, way, a, a great way of building up a repertoire, building up an audience for sure. Sure. And, and also just giving you a reason to care about our opinions, like to prove to yes. you that we do have something worth saying. And I think that while it's easy to once you have a once you agree and you and you do want to hear our opinions, a podcast is a great place for us to get those opinions to you in a relatively low effort way, low uh, requirement for production. But it's hard for us to prove it. So yeah. I, what we're going to try doing moving forward, what we are going to do moving forward, is we're going to focus a little bit more on our YouTube channel because that gives us an opportunity to um, show our authentic selves to you in a, in a visual way as, as well as an right. audio way and explore totally different formats outside of... Uh, our regular movie review yeah and totally different topics as well um and and just like a movie right there's so many different aspects to making a youtube video there's you know the sound design there's the um what you see the visuals and everything and plus the the topics you're you're choosing to cover so there's a lot more nuance there's a lot more of you and i that can be put into that right and we're going to use that as an opportunity to prove to you guys that there you should be listening to us on the podcast um at least that's what we're saying every time we release something is there's got to be a right. reason to sit down and listen to it so um that's part of what we're going to be doing is focusing more on the youtube channel uh but we're still going to keep doing uh regular episodes of affable chat but we're going to test out and experiment using the format that we've put together here and and you know tested and tweaked and kind of perfected here uh to to maybe review other things and yeah uh, get, get other up. things that require like as much nuance or as much thought as movies 
you know, things in culture, maybe maybe even books or video games. Who knows? Sure. So mo- we'll still do movies, but we're going to open up the, the door to other things. And uh, you'll just have to wait and see uh, what we do with that. So as we're nearing the end of this episode, we want to reiterate that... To celebrate the 50th episode, we are doing a raffle, raffable chat coming at you right now. (laughs) Joey, what can they win if they enter our raffle? You can win three DVDs of movies from our catalog, popcorn, movie theater style candy, and a custom signed card. Don't sleep on this card. It's going to be so nice. This card is going to be custom. Okay, I want to emphasize that it's going to be custom. You will have the one and only card in existence that looks like this one, and it'll have our authentic signatures. Remember, we told you that Joey and I are 1,207 miles apart. You will have both of our signatures on one card. This is a rare collector's item for, for the true fans of Apple Chat. So here's how you enter. Write us a review on iTunes. Search Affable Chat and write us a review. Say something nice and rate us five stars. Make sure you include your Twitter handle or your email address so that we can contact you when you win. Okay, you have to enter if you want to win. If you've already submitted a review, don't worry. You can edit your review and just put your contact info right there on the end. Editing your your comment is super easy. Just go to the same place where you submitted the comment originally and it'll let you edit it right there. We'll be announcing the winner on the 52nd episode, so make sure you listen, and uh, all submissions need to be in by March 16th. It's so easy, and the prize is so spectacular. It sure is. Okay, I think that wraps up our 50th episode, Joey, and and this is one of the ones that I'm the most proud of. I'm so happy to have made it here. The big 5-0. Me too. Oh, it's so yeah, it's so amazing. I I I still can't believe it. It doesn't seem real. It doesn't. And um, but you know what? We're not stopping there. We're gonna keep this thing rolling at the same light speed it's been going this whole time. <laughs> what are we going to do next, Joy? We are doing Captain Marvel. That's right. I um I'm seeing it this weekend. It's released Thursday night, Friday. I I don't really. It's like Black Friday. They keep bringing the release time earlier and earlier. Sometimes they do it on Wednesdays. Wow. I, I think that's... that's <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God. I can't believe I fell for that. Anyways, <laughs> Captain Marvel. It's in theaters. Um, obviously, we're big Marvel fans, so we got to see it. We're going to talk about it. And um, you can be here to listen to that uh, ne- early next week. Yeah. So I think that wraps it up for episode 50 of Apple. Just still can't believe it. We've made it here for Affable Chat. I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Affable Chat. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. If you have a question, comment, or want to request something for us to talk about, you can reach us at our Twitter account, at Affable Chat, or our email, affablechat at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.